Good morning, good afternoon, good night, my dears. Welcome to the Worldwide Podcast. Back. Yeah, we are back after two weeks in a kind of vacation and a kind of mess up. We actually... <laughs> it was more of a mess up than yeah, a yeah, vacation. I, mean, I, I was mean, ready I messed, to record. Yeah, I messed up <laughs> last week, guys. I mean, hangover things, you know. I, I guess you guys got me, you know, about recovery and getting getting drunk on saturday night and then have the podcast to record on on sunday it sucks very me guilherme how's it going man everything i'm everything. chilling i'm chilling i'm good um i just came back from uh from Covilha, which is north of portugal and man i was region. i was actually it's so beautiful and yeah. I, i was really missing the cold i love the cold i was like <laughs> sometimes you know you say the cold is annoying Because then it's like you can yes, really go outside and everything. My boy, I lived in Amsterdam and people, when it's snowing, I feel like they're more outside than during the summer because <laughs> they have more, much more to do. And in Kuvlen, it's the same. Like he has such a good vibe on the on the streets. Like everybody's there drinking some hot drinks. Um, everybody's going up the mountain because it's next to the highest mountain in Portugal, which is Serra da Estrela. And yeah, I had a great time um, and I was ready to record a podcast <laughs> with my little tripod that I have now with me as well. Uh, so let's get to this episode because I'm so ready to talk about Venezuela. And I have our amazing guest, Carlos. How are you doing? I am great. So today I look like a fried empanada because I'm sweating a lot. <laughs> so I'm actually... Too, bro, I feel you. Yeah. And the weather is really hot here. So you walk up two blocks and then you are already sweating like crazy. So <laughs> you're in Colombia right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm Which city? Uh, Cali. Cali, all right. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty warm in there. Pretty warm. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how people live here, but it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty It's pretty dry right there, right? I mean, the yeah, air. Really sunny. Well, it was raining last night, but even... When it's rainy, it's really warm. Like yeah, I mean, you, don't, you don't escape. <laughs> I got no you. I feel you, bro. <laughs> Thanks for the so invitation, are... guys. Oh, of course. Are you in Ecuador or uh, Colombia? Colombia. Sorry. I'm in Colombia. I got here last night, so I'm visiting my parents for like three or four days, and then I'll be back to Ecuador. Oh, okay, Great. okay. Yeah, got it, got it, got it. Honestly. And you actually live in Ecuador. Yeah, I'm living in Quito, the capital Quito. city. All right. Oh, fuck. Very hard. Very hard. Yeah, you right. know, like the weather is really, really different. So yeah. it will be like 10 grades or 10 Celsius at this time. But here it's like 20, 27 or something like this. <laughs> okay. Crazy. But it's fine. So I'm shining at least, you know. <laughs> You're ready to go. Ready I'm shining go. like <laughs> sun. <laughs> Before we start the podcast, I actually it was kind of a funny story how I actually ended up meeting you for one of your friends in the most funny situation ever. Uh Kevin, amazing guy. We were in Bruges and we were in the same hostel and I went into the hostel and I said hello, but he didn't <laughs> reply back because I didn't understand why. Then I, I I I thought, oh, maybe he doesn't speak English. So I just out of the top of my mind, I just started speaking Spanish and he was he, and he gotten so happy because he was like, No, yeah, you're right, I don't speak English. <laughs> I only speak Spanish. So I got to train for the whole day only Spanish. And I was very happy because I, I hadn't really had a conversation in Spanish for a long time. And I was like, okay, I'm actually kind of good. I'm, I'm I'm still a little bit rusty, but I'm not as bad as I thought. So thank you to your friend, Kevin. He got me to speak a little bit and learn a little bit of Spanish. So yeah, That's I love awesome. We love you, Kevin. Thanks. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Kevin is, Kevin is amazing. He is, well, you know, migrating is not easy. So he won, he's one of the person that has helped me a lot in like mm. during my time in, in Ecuador or something like this. Well, now he is not in Ecuador, as you know, but mm. uh, when he was there, he helped me a lot to find like different ways to survive. <laughs> oh, amazing. So that's amazing, awesome. Amazing. Glad that you met him. Hundred <laughs> percent. So one, actually, just one main question on Ecuador because I always had this on my head and I never understood. What are the seasons in Ecuador? Because the line passes through the country of Ecuador, like during, uh, let's say July. Is it summer or is it winter? 
Well, let's say that it's winter all the year because it's cold all the time. So we don't have seasons in Ecuador. It's just like the rainy and dry season, but it rains a lot in Ecuador. Uh, but we can say that from May until August, maybe, or September, we have like the sunny season. But the sunny season is like weird and funny because in the mornings <laughs> it's really sunny but too windy. Sometimes you are walking and then you're, oh, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> uh, it's like warm and cold at the same time. And in the afternoons, it rains more than in winter. So we don't know if it's winter or summer. So it's a combination all the year. <laughs> Sounds balanced. That I is mean, interesting. Since yeah. you're in the Ecuador line, <laughs> you're yeah, facing exactly. those, you know, climate changes all the time. So we never Sounds know. Sounds so, it's funny to live in Ecuador because they, you have to be like Dora la Exploradora. You know Dora la Exploradora? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I love so, it. <laughs> it's like you have to carry your backpack and then you have uh, like your umbrella, your sweater, your jacket, your scarf, <laughs> Your cat. Yeah, whatever. Your cat, your house, your food. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, no, you're like Inspector Gadget. You got all your gadget with you. And yeah, if yeah, it yeah, happens, yeah. you just got to take off the umbrella, take off the... <laughs> <laughs> everything yeah exactly oh, no, it's it. raining okay <laughs> don't worry <laughs> so but and, it's funny um, it's really nice to be there pretty all cool. right so the main thing maybe before we jump to venezuela i would love to know what actually made you move from venezuela to ecuador and why did you choose ecuador out of all the other countries in south america okay well um, I will I will say that the main reason it will be because of the economy and all the situation. But right now I realized that that wasn't the main reason because when I was there, my grandmother. Um, by the way, I grew up with my I grew up with my grandmother. Uh, oh, not with cool, my parents. So yeah, yeah she was one. <laughs> you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah well, yeah. we're part of this community, this family. Yeah, so we have a lot of <laughs> well you know how they are you know like so protective but at the same time she was like why you don't go to ecuador your stepbrother is there so um, i would say my stepbrother because we grew up together but we are not real family anyway <laughs> so um he was in ecuador and then she said like why don't you, why you don't go and then i say maybe this is my chance to leave Venezuela because even when Venezuela is an amazing country, I always wanted to leave Venezuela for some reason. Like, I don't know, to study or work abroad, you know, to explore what's around this. Every time I was in the school, my classmates were like, oh, I went to Colombia or I went to Peru, I went to Brazil, to, to Argentina. And then I say, I don't know anywhere. So I don't know what's happening in the world. <laughs> And I wanted to explore this, but now I will say that this was the best chance to uh, to grow up, you know, sure. to realize that there's something else more than being with your family all the time. Being with your family, mm -hmm. of course, is important, but if you want to grow up in many different ways, so then you have to do something extra. Yeah, and, and yeah, so now I'm experiencing this and, you know, traveling from Ecuador to Colombia, something that I do for the first time. <laughs> mm -hmm. It sucks because Ecuador is one of the few, few countries, I mean, Ecuador and Chile, that doesn't make a border with Brazil. So yeah, actually very far to go from there yeah, to here. It's really so far. you got you to gotta come, you got to come someday. I mean, it sucks I, I that will, you, one day for sure. you got to grab a plane to come here, but. I mean, it's too. Sure. Uh, we can make the podcast, the podcast in in person, you know. Definitely, bro. Definitely, local <laughs> for sure. Hundred percent. So yeah, that's the main reason. I would say the main reason then is my chance or my dream to grow up and uh, grow up in different ways in my life, more than mm. migrating because of the situation of Venezuela. So. It's part of no, for sure. It's actually a pretty good answer because um, I do, I do know a lot, lots of Venezuelans. There are a lot of people coming from Venezuela to here, and they all say that the main reason it's all of because the economy and all the violence there, all the riots there are going there. There, so it's nice to hear that you actually love your your hometown, and you're trying to find you know on other other meanings of getting out from your comfort zone that was Venezuela. So it's actually it's very, actually pretty cool. Finding another reason. That's a purpose. Just put, for yeah, sure. just, 
a purpose yeah, because yeah, I, definitely. Purpose. Yeah, I definitely. feel like living abroad is the thing that kind of makes you understand more of the word because it is such yeah. a it's a broad thought it's, it's a, like a broad theme but it's something that you need to like look into and find it in order to let's say be happy at the end of the day so living abroad helps tremendously with that because as long as you're in your comfort zone you'll never explore new territories and new findings and new stuff so you need to get sure. out of that and try to find your path and sometimes so it's that, bigger yeah. than that Gilder, because yeah, uh, you know you just uh, when you're abroad it, it makes you miss something from your country as well so mm -hmm. you're giving value to your country being abroad which is weird because sometimes before going out from your comfort zone you never say that like ah, i want to leave this country brazil sucks and kind of stuff and then from the first time that you go abroad and you live abroad you're you have this homesick and then you know why and you start to give value to your country so that's yeah. 100% so well, I think one of the things that has killed me like for a long time has been anxiety. So I didn't know how hard that is, but it's because, you know, then you realize like, okay, it's been four years. I don't have my family. I have to face life on my own. I have to work for myself. I have to survive anyway. But thanks God that you find people that help you a lot, you know. So being abroad is really hard but when you find those exactly people in your life then you say okay thanks god because without them i wouldn't do many things so it's like they i don't know how would you, you would say it like impulse are in english but it's like they push you to yeah push you forward yeah push you forward for sure and i can tell you that i'm not gonna say it's like portuguese people or anything but i've been helped in crazy ways while i was abroad that I have never had that it never happened in me in my own country. It's yeah. like it's insane. It's just like the that's when you see that people can actually be like just good people, like and just have a good, good heart. That people help me with things that they just probably didn't have to, but since they saw person in need, they helped me. And I was like, okay, this is great. And it also makes you be your own of a self, um, be you a better person. Because if someone helps you that way, you also want to help people or other people like that. Yes. Um, I think it broadens your mind in a way that you just basically become a better person and a, and a good person of art when yes. that, ha when that gets to you, so you can give it back at the end of yeah. the day. It's so like a great right. So you receive yeah, praise, yeah. and then you, you just give it to others, which is really For nice. Sure. Because sometimes when you realize, and then you say, well, when I got to this country, I didn't have anything. Uh, and it doesn't mean that I have a lot, but you can share at least, you know, so it's like a progress. And then you say, if I got a lot of help at the beginning, why not giving this to others? Like, <clears throat> it doesn't mean money, but it means to be there, you know, to others, like, Okay, you need my support. I will be there. You need an advice. You need to talk. I will be there, which yeah. is important. Because, I mean, I didn't know this this thing about being without your family that was that hard. So now I realized that's why I am in Colombia right now because I was missing my family after one year a lot, and then I say I have to go anyway, so I can mm -hmm. do the po the podcast anywhere. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure, hundred percent. Which is nice. Which is nice. No, yes. Support is a big word. It's like it, it doesn't have to involve money as long as you help the person in a way that they will become better and it'll solve a little bit of their problems in support or just listening to them or just providing them with advice. That already is such a big, big step. And I feel like so many people, they just don't do it because one, they don't want to lose time or they don't see the value of that time being spent helping that person. But I would say maybe those people, they don't receive love back. So that's why they don't give it back afterwards. So yeah. it goes both ways. So that's why I say people go live abroad, definitely go on your own because you'll see how it makes you uh, push your own uh, needs out when you when you go explore. And you'll see that if you ask something on, on someone on the streets, you'll actually be surprised that they will back. help you. Yeah, yeah you'll sure. receive the help back 100%. That's true. Amazing thing. <laughs> For That's sure. An amazing thing. And did you learn did you learn anything from, from Kevin in Spanish? Like 
Venezuelan words. Uh, <laughs> not that I can remember. He did say because I I said portanto a lot oh, when portanto. I switched like sentences, and he told me a, a new word, and I think. I'm not sure if it was full Venezuelan, but I know it was like South um, American for sure. But I completely forgot about it. Yeah. When I was there, I actually switched portanto to that word, but then I, I completely forgot <laughs> it because he was like, "You say <laughs> you say portanto a lot, so you have to say this word now." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll I'll switch it up. I'll switch it up." So pretty amazing. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I love Venezuelans because you know they're they actually have those words, you know, that. They only have in Venezuela and they use them a lot. So when someone's like, even in Spanish native speakers, like if you go for the first time, you have the first contact with Venezuelans, you actually be surprised and sometimes not understanding them. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. And it actually happened in this, with me because I was used to the Spanish from Spain. And then I started to play baseball there in Portugal, where there are a lot of Venezuelans because there is a big colon of Venezuelans there in Portugal. So the whole team, I mean, baseball, we play nine in the, on the field and eight, eight people in the team was Venezuelans. And then I was the Brazilian one right there. So actually, I was actually obligated to speaking in Spanish of Venezuela. And I got to learn lots of words and it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, um, makes sense. you play baseball, so then you learn the, the bad words. So that's yeah, yeah. Definitely, bro. <laughs> Definitely bro. Only the bad words all the time. They were swearing all the time, like saying bad words all the time. Even when they were striking out people, they're screaming bad words. So yeah. yeah. So That's very cool. cool. But sometimes annoying. Like my my stepbrother, he says a lot of bad words. Like 10 per second. And it's like so annoying because you don't understand what's the context, what he's trying to say, and then I say that. Like, can you stop saying that and then yeah. say the context, the real context of your sentence? <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. really nice that you that you have learned some words. And do you but play actually, baseball, Carlos? Well, I, was, I was gonna ask. No, I'm not very sporty. Look, yeah. <laughs> nah, come on, that doesn't matter. Trust do. me, yeah. I've seen people like that weight lift like crazy weights. Yeah, I was sure. I was gonna ask like how interesting that baseball is a national sport of Venezuela or like the biggest because like baseball on its own everybody thinks okay it's American because obviously the media portrays it like that um, and I've never seen like baseball in media outside of uh, the U.S. So I always thought it was like like um, American football only played in the U.S. but then. Um, I found out that Venezuela also has baseball yeah. as their like national sport or, or like the stuff. most popular sport. Yeah, and it's a very interesting sport because most people they find it super boring because it's like a long uh, a game is very long and there's yeah. not much happening on the game itself. And people only only go to the game to like eat snacks and yeah. uh, and drink cards. <laughs> yes. It's an excuse to <laughs> yeah, for sure. And actually, I agree. To watch is actually very boring, but it's an amazing sport for playing, you know, and have fun with your friends. So yeah. it's pretty cool, actually. When you play, you realize this, that baseball is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like, the fun thing of this is you are born and then you already have a team, you know, like your parents give you a team. And then you are growing up with that in your mind, like, okay, I belong to this team, I belong to this team. And it's like a war in your family whenever they get together to watch the games. And it's like crazy. So um, it can also divide families and friends, but it's okay. You know, that's all the, the, the sports, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not much into sports, but it was nice to be with my family doing that, you know, like belonging to a team and celebrate it. So that was really nice. But I remember after a period of time, people didn't watch this a lot. Like it was uh, not part of daily life, you know. Mm. I mean, like there was the big, um, how would you say that? Like the big mm, games and everything, like the special yeah, like ones the of the year. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, and now people didn't care, like ah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Where are you from in Venezuela, Carlos? Sorry? Where are you from in Venezuela? I mean, which city? Uh, my city is called Maturin, and the Maturin. state is Monagas. Yeah, 
Mona is all right. Like on the right side of the map. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, I I'm not sure if I know the city, but is it close to uh fuck? Where it's, where are the Magallanes from? Ah, uh, Magallanes are yeah, from Margarita. Margarita, all right, okay. So yeah, um, if you see in the map, my city will be pretty close to Margarita, like from side, but it's not close. To, it's not very close to go there. Like you have to go to another city, like for almost three hours, and then take a ship for for like, I don't know, seven or eight hours. Jesus. So, but the, the experience is nice going there in a ship and seeing the dolphins all the way, so which is really nice. <laughs> is it the only way to get there? Uh, you can go by plane, but it's oh, kind right. of expensive. Yeah. So oh, people mm. just take the, the ship and then Definitely. you go around. <laughs> and cheaper as well, yeah. To go by ship. How do you working? spell your your city's name, Carlos? Sorry. So it's M A T U R I N. Maturin. Okay. It's the name of an Indian guy, I guess. Okay. Like Maturin. Yeah. Oh, it's actually pretty beautiful. I'm googling it now. It's pretty small, also. It yeah. it was it was used to be mm. like the cleanest city in my region, but so you, now <laughs> you got a zoo right there, La Guariche, yeah. La Guariche. La Guariche. So yeah. <laughs> the first thing that appeared as well, because it's like for small kids, so you can call oh, them okay. Guariche or Guaricha, and that's uh, why the park has its name. Guariche. So and you can say Guariche is a, like. That my friends, my friends was calling kids carajito, 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 carajito. La guaricha or guaricha is more yeah. specific from my city, so like nobody else uh, says that. It's only people from Madrid. <laughs> but right. carajito, yeah, it's like in general, you go anywhere in Venezuela and people know what's carajito, <laughs> which is. And you're and you're also very close to the to to a country called. Trinidad Tobago, which I find it very interesting. I searched it a little bit. Is yeah. how different is it from Venezuela? Like, is uh, is the culture similar? Uh, do you know, uh, like, do you know anyone from there? And do you see any similarities, like, in language, culture, diversity in the country, economy, maybe? As I know, they speak a lot of English. I don't know if they speak another language there, but. People used to go there to go there from Venezuela because there were very good uh, English courses. So students really liked going there because they were really cheap. And then you could go to Trinidad and Tobago to study English and have like one of the ama the most amaz amazing experiences there. So that was famous for that. But besides that, I haven't heard a lot about Trinidad and Tobago. Just my friends that have been there, they say like, it's okay. <laughs> it's a party. It's a party country. Come here, yeah. learn English, drink till you die. <laughs> Done. Pretty cool. Which people say it's more like more difficult to understand. But yeah, whenever you were studying the universities, you got a lot of offers to go to Trinidad and Tobago for really good prices and go to study English, with which I think that would be like a nice a nice experience, you know, being in a country where people speak English if you are studying English. Mm -hmm. So that would be nice. But sure, yeah, I don't know. Sure. I don't know what's what's going in Trinidad Tobago. <laughs> well, <that is> <laughs> pretty cool actually because there are a lot of lots of Brazilians traveling to South Africa or to Canada to have you know those English courses. And it's pretty cool that you guys found this, you know, low cost option to yeah, travel into yeah. Trinidad Tobago and start learning English. Pretty cool. Right I'll spread right here. I was spread right here. People yeah. travel to Trinidad Tobago and then learn in English. You could go by boat. <laughs> you yeah, could go by, yeah. uh, by a little boat if you want. Yeah. There you go, by a little boat, which is crazy. Can you imagine that it falls and then you, uh, I don't know. I would be so afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> the storms just oh, turns you. the boat around. <laughs> no, 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 man. Uh, um, a young guy died because of his dream to study English. <laughs> in Trinidad, because he just because yeah, he didn't want to pay thirty yeah. euros more just to go by uh, yeah, bro. By them fucking, fucking bad bad way to to die. Yeah, I remember that was that was how I got my passport in Venezuela. 
tense gap because then it got really difficult because where I was studying English in an English institute, uh, they were offering like um, how like a student dollars. I don't know if that's correct, but it was like a special promo for students. Uh, so kind of scholarship, right? Mother, yeah, something right. like this. Right. Then my grandmother told me, well, if you want to go, then you have to get your passport. And then I said, yes, I'm going to get it tomorrow. But when I got my passport, my nice president, he said, <laughs> well, no dollars for students anymore. So okay. it's possible. But thanks, God, I got my passport. <laughs> no, that's good, at least. That's good. So now the thing that fasc fascinates me the most about Venezuela and this will probably be a big topic, but it's on the is the first country with the highest criminality rate out of every single country on earth. And that fascinates me because one, I was in the third one, which is yeah. South Africa. And um and I saw why that that was. Like I could see it on the streets and I could see um like the crime happening, and it's because there's a lot of reasons, but what do you think is the main reason why that happens in Venezuela? The economy that get them doing really bad things just to get some food. Because I remember I had a crazy experience when I was going from my work to my house. I got the bus and I saw a guy, he was trying to set a phone. But of course, if you see someone is trying to set a phone, who doesn't know the password, then you say, hmm, suspicious, you know. <laughs> and yeah. then I took the risk to talk to him like, hey, what's going on? And then he said, I'm trying to uh, unlock this phone, but I don't know the password. I just I just robbed this. So he was really honest. And then I say, well, I started my discord, my, my speech, you know, like, well, you know, this is not good, blah, blah, blah. But when I asked him what was the reason why he did this, he said, because I really need to eat. I haven't eaten in two days. And then it's when you realize that people do this more than because of satisfaction is because they really need something and they are empty inside. So there's no way you cannot work because of your criminal records. You cannot study because you are not that kind of person that has the motivation to study. So what are you going to do with your life? I think the only option is that as you grow up and then you see that people are doing the same, then you say, okay, this is the easiest way. But this happens when you go to the streets and then you talk to people, even when they are strange and then you know that something can happen. Then you talk to them and then you realize that they do this because of food. So if people mm. don't have enough money to buy food, it's because something's wrong with the economy, you know? So I think that yeah, would be sure. one of the main reasons, but also can be part of culture because I think some of us are very lazy sometimes <laughs> for studying, <laughs> for working, and it's like, okay, I just need the easy way. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, for sure. This is... hey, go on, go on. This is interesting because we had a similar talk um with our, our guests from Zimbabwe because we talked a little bit of in uh, about South Africa yeah. and uh, South Africa is kind of like the same but difference in South Africa is that there's a lot of opportunity with good money but there's also a big uh, inequality so a big dispersing the amount of money that people earn so long, low paying jobs they don't even pay you enough to eat and pay rent so people just say I could either work these 40 hours a week and not have enough money to eat and to pay my rent, or I can just rob someone and make more money than that and just bribe the officer if he comes to me and I'll still have way more money than just working this low-paying job. So that's also the thing I would say happens a lot in South Africa. It comes out it comes out of desperation, also with hunger and so much more others. And I also think that it comes out of seeing people that they have a lot and they don't and the system has failed them. And I don't know if it's anger, but it's just like, why should I be working these shitty jobs mm -hmm. when I could just rob these people or just rob something out of the streets? 
uh, and just get uh, something way more valuable than just working that low paying job. Because a lot of these things, they're just petty crimes. They're not like organized Robbie banks or anything. They're yeah. just petty crimes. Like you're just walking on the streets on your Sorry like broad daylight, it, yeah. like super, super chilled. And they just see you and they observe and they're like, hey, I could just get like 200 bucks out of this guy. So I'm just going to do it. Fuck it. And uh, and it's done. So that that was the main reason that we got and that I got from South Africa. And I feel like it kind of resembles Venezuela. I think it's a bit different because I don't I, I'm not sure if there's like the, the amount of opportunity that there is in South Africa in um, Venezuela. I think most of the money is mostly government based. I don't think like individuals or enterprises earn that much money in Venezuela. Um, which is probably also the other reason that we can also talk a little bit like the government, <laughs> how that is, because every time that I hear no. about Venezuela is about the it's government. Like it's, real, like, yeah. it's like I mean, a dictatorship, but it but it isn't mm -hmm. in a way. Which is really bad because look at this scene. If you, for example, study for being an engineer and then I study for being a doctor or whatever. So at the end, you have like this emotion that you are going to work on it because this is what what you studied for. Can you hear me well there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but at the end, then you graduate and then you realize that you cannot find any job. And mm -hmm. the person that was an engineer and now you are a doctor, so you are working in the same thing. You have to work in a car wash or you have to work in a restaurant. So why did I waste five years of my life studying for nothing because even if you go outside like to another country your your bachelor degree or whatever you get like the diploma it's for nothing yeah they don't give value to yeah exactly. certificate the same value for sure I study... especially if it's law yeah. like yeah, when you study sure, law yeah. you study your own country's law your own country's law so yeah. it's like so it's hard to like like um work in law out of your outside of your own country or yeah, exercise to, your your um your law work outside of your yeah, to your validate country. your certificate in another country it's actually mm -hmm. very hard when you study law i mean it's that uh, simple so there, yeah, i mean it, it's pretty sad it's pretty sad because you know sometimes you do study a lot you have the same you know the same subjects that uh, for example a colombian had if the same language going on and then you go to your you know your neighbor country which is colombia and then people won't accept you just because you're venezuelan yeah. and yeah it's it sucks bro i mean i really feel feel it because uh it happens the same here in brazil if we go to europe even though we study a lot we study more years than then right there in europe and mm -hmm. then when you get there you would just say like yeah no you're not your certificate is an european so yes. you, you better work with washing cars even though you are a doctor in your country so mm -hmm. it sucks me man i mean we do we do pass through lots of stuff right here and i mean i'm not comparing brazil to venezuela i mean Brazil. i mean there, there are lots lots of things you know because sometimes europeans they do think you know, oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to help this country. I'm going to send money to to Amazonia. I'm going to send money yeah. to Venezuela to help them right there. But then you don't do policies. You don't make it better. Don't make it easier for people to go to your country. Then it, yeah. when it comes to this, to this, you know, all those rules, you don't want to change it. You just keep it the same and make it harder for us to go there. And when they when they come right here it's easier so it, it actually pretty pretty messed up i mean that's yeah, it's really sad because some of my friends for example they tell me carlos why do you love ecuador more than venezuela and then i say it's not about loving more ecuador than venezuela it's because there is a difference you know so I, I would say that I have made my dreams true or make them true, some of them in Ecuador, which I couldn't make them in Venezuela. So tell me, if you can do that, which country will be like more effective to you? Of course, the one where you can make your dreams come true yeah, sure. because it's where you're yeah. growing up. 
So if my people ask me, and then I can say, I don't have memories in Venezuela because I basically didn't do anything. So it was well, all my life was studying and in my house, working and in my house. It's like, what was it outside? I don't know. So that's why some of them are like, I don't know, if kind of angry because I post most documentaries or photos or videos or whatever about Ecuador more than Venezuela. Mm. Uh, as you were saying, they don't make it easy for me to go to Venezuela. So I don't have like $3,000 in my pockets just to go to Venezuela for one week. I mean, that's really expensive. Anywhere you are, you know, $3,000 is expensive for vacations. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It is, bro. For sure. It's like makes it really hard. <laughs> and I also think like um just one last part on these like criminality rate, just on the top three, which um I think it's also interesting. Like South Africa and Papua New Guinea, they're the second and third most um in criminality rate. But there's something that still attracts people, which is their natural beauty, and the country is advertised that way. Like when you see South Africa on the news or um, not necessarily on the news, but on documentaries, on, on the Internet, you always see like just the beautiful landscapes that those countries have. Both Papua New Guinea, both South Africa, they also you also see a lot of the culture and it makes you like makes you have a push to visit those places, even though it's, let's say, dangerous. Venezuela, I don't really see anything. And I think that's a problem because I'm sure. The country is beautiful. I'm sure I have a lot to see in Venezuela, but I don't see any push on tourism in your country. Why is that? And I think it has been all the time, you know, because let's let's get on this. TikTok is a very famous platform that everybody knows. If you go mm -hmm. to TikTok and then you try to find your city, of course you will find... Even the small shop in your city, you will find it. But look for things in Venezuela. So you will see just rich people traveling, just rich people eating, just rich people flying over the mountains. So, and it's like, you don't feel motivated because I don't have $2,000 to fly over the mountain. <laughs> I mean, I, w I don't want to fly over the mountain. I want to explore my city. I want to explore my country. Mm, and yeah. what's the point that... People want to make it really expensive for anything. And it's not like a normal trip. So if your family is making a basic salary and you need, for example, you get like, I don't know, $400 a month, your father and your mother, and then you want to go to the beach. I have here that at the beach, at least the minimum fish or whatever will be like $10. If you if your family has five members, so it would be fifty dollars in only one food, which is not easy to make. So sure. how are you going to feel motivated to travel if you don't have enough money to do it? If you don't have enough money to enjoy it? If you want to take a trip like for one or two hours, that would be twenty five dollars, which I think it's expensive because in the city where I am in Quito, if you want to travel like three hours at least, that would be like three dollars, you know. So try to compare what I would prefer to travel in Venezuela or to travel in yeah. Quito. Of course, in Quito, because the money will be more. <laughs> and I think the main reason why people don't promote the tourism in Venezuela is because one, the salaries are too low to maintain a family and get your family to go to another place. So secondly, will be because everything is really expensive. So nobody has enough money to spend in crazy things. That's when I tell you that if you go to the different platforms, you will see that only or mostly rich people do it. I was That's watching insane. a video about two people from Spain and they were flying over the Salto Angel, like the most famous waterfall in Venezuela. And I mean, the video was amazing. Thanks, that was amazing. That good for them. But there was someone posting a comment and she said, that's how we have to feel proud of our country. And then I say, you cannot feel proud of something that you never have met. So because if I don't know my city, how I'm going to feel proof? What I'm going to tell people? What I'm going to recommend them to do if I don't know my city? 
Sure. So it's not part of knowing this or not. The part of this is that only foreigners can visit those places. So how can you promote something that you don't know? How can you tell me that Brazil has an amazing river if you haven't been there? How can you tell me that Portugal has the best food if you haven't been able to try some food to tie? Like, what a point. You need to try mm -hmm. something at first on your own and then you can recommend it. But this doesn't happen in Venezuela. That's why I think that Venezuela is one of the most expensive countries to do tourism right now. That's insane. That's, That's insane. Like, I'm just thinking. Like, yeah. it's, it makes it sound like Venezuela is the Maldives or Venezuela yeah. is like a, a Bora Bora. But it's not. It's such a, <laughs> it's such a big and multicultural country that it should be accessible to so many people. Like, it should yeah. be a Peru. I mean, Peru... It's it's still I will say it's still expensive to go because I had friends that went to Peru and they still wasted a lot of money, but still it's affordable for let's say backpackers. Sure, if yeah, you have a little a little bit of money, you can still go to Peru. But for example, Chile, um, Ecuador, as you said, as you know, Colombia, those are countries in South America that they have so much to see, so mm -hmm. much to do, and it's easy to get around and it's cheap to do things to travel across. To go to restaurants, to uh, be in hostels, let's say. But then and the most important have... for for natives as well, you know, not only for backpackers, yeah. not only for foreigners. I mean, you know, as as Carlos said, it, it it's weird. Imagine a Venezuelan native, like from Caracas, he never saw, um, for example, the other city right there close to yeah. the Caribbean. I mean, Islas Margaritas, for example, which is a, a very very beautiful part of Venezuela. Then it's, it's a kind of you know uh, impossible for them to imagine traveling to there. So you're asking them, and have you have you been to another city? They never say yes. I mean, people from Caracas or from from small cities from in a countryside. I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's it's sad. It's sad. Actually, sad. You know, you you don't know your country. You know your city only. So. Insane, bro. Lots of things to change. It's not something of like recently or because of the economy or because of the president. There's something wrong with the tourism in Venezuela because, well, I don't know. Of course, there will be some people watching this and maybe their experiences in Venezuela were or are different, but not mine. And my family is not poor, like not really poor, you know? So we, we could take a bus or go somewhere, but it was even difficult. So, like, what's the point? It's it's like if you are in a neighborhood and you have a river in front of your house, but you don't have the money and you just see foreigners going to the river, how would you feel? You would feel sad because even when you are in your own place, you don't have the, you the money to go there. So people feel really bad. Yeah. So when, when, you, when people tell me, oh, I went to this place and I went to this one, and they say, well, because you have a lot of money because... If you, even if you want to go to see this big waterfall, then you have to spend like $800 just to see a waterfall. So how can you afford this? Cannot even be. if you're in the United States, I don't think that's cheap. Yeah, no, no, no. 100% not. Not at all. Not at all. Definitely not. So I'll, I'll, um, I would say that the first step is then to not just focus on just the full infrastructure but just work on how to reduce the prices and yeah, bro, then mean, get the infrastructure being done so the transport is accessible and things are easier to go to and go from because okay. i think that's also um a big problem it's just like the infrastructure like traveling across places and just uh being accessible uh, because yeah. accessibility is a big part of tourism. It's like being able to just go from one place to another without having, uh, without needing a car, and without needing like big um, transports or anything. Just like something direct to the place that you want to be in. Yeah, like having options. Because I have a, and... a a funny thing. I met some people from Venezuela. I thought it was going to be fun, <laughs> but they, I think they used to work for the embassies or something. And we were talking about Ecuador because, of course, we're all in Quito and blah, blah, blah. But this is the point. 
I was trying just to wait for them because they were talking about different countries that I haven't met in my life. And it's like I was bored. And then I said, well, I haven't been able to go to another country. Whenever you talk about Ecuador, maybe I can give my opinion. There is a really nice city called Baños in Ecuador, which is like full of waterfalls and rivers and whatever you want to do there. So, and then I say, okay, this is my chance to talk. And I was telling them, yes, the transportation is really cheap to go to Baños. And they say, oh, no, we, we just pay for a private taxi. And then I say, mm, okay, but the point that I got when I was talking to them, I could feel really sad. But then I realized, okay, so we have options in Ecuador. If you want to take a cheap trip, then you can do it. But if you want to ex spend your money in expensive things, then you can do it. So what we're talking about, that everyone has the chance to go to the same Access. place, yeah. you know, afford the same things, but you still have the chance to say, to see the same waterfall. Everyone sure. can see the same waterfall. It doesn't matter if you got a taxi, a car, if you went by work or whatever. Yeah, so that's the point. You know? That's what I mean. It's not about, okay, it's only one mm -hmm. $1,000 if you have the money, okay, but if not, okay, bye. No, so give me the chance. Do I have to sleep it under a tree? Do I have to cross the jungle? What do I have to do to see the waterfall? And we don't have options. You got options. Yeah, 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 that's the thing. You got options, for sure. I think that would, that's one of the the reasons that or the solutions that they have to give because even for foreigners, it's not comfortable to go to Venezuela and spend a lot of money just eating a piece of fish, uh, of fish you know. Yeah when they can just go to Colombia and maybe get maybe not the same experience but like something let's say similar and oh, just for like yeah. one quarter of the yeah. price yeah well even even Colombia I think Colombia has been really expensive <laughs> not as Venezuela but yeah I just before <laughs> yeah for doing this I just went outside like oh I feel so hungry and I just see I just saw some chicharron do you know chicharron it's made of pork but it's fried yeah it's yeah. like amazing and I love the chicharron of Colombia. And then I just went there and they told me, okay, it's 2,000 pesos. And I said, okay, that might be like small box with chicharron, but it was a piece of this, like 50 cents, you know. But this was the piece of chicharron in a bag. That was the, the worst part, like, what am I going to do with the bag? You have given me this in a napkin and I will eat in this <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but I think, yeah, Colombia... Colombia is kind of expensive. So guys, you should visit Ecuador because I will give you the best tips to to Amazing. save some money and then spend lots of money. money. <laughs> <laughs> it much. is a great surf surf trip in, in Ecuador. Like I I've, I've had people actually from Ecuador and they always tell me like if you want to do a surf trip, come to Ecuador. Like it's it's incredible. Okay. And um and it's uh, the water is kind of hot. Compares, comparing to Cape Town, obviously, because <laughs> it's cold as hell in South Africa, at least in the Cape Town area. And uh, and they told me, anytime that you want to visit South America and you want to surf, like, don't think too much. Just come to Ecuador. Like, yeah, it's definitely the place for that. Even on my Instagram, I like giving advice or like tips about how to get to uh, different places and how to spend the cheapest way. And I just made a TikTok video, how to go to another city with $10. That was crazy. And then I made it, you know, because people were like, why? How do you go there with $10? And then I said, well, the point of traveling is not having a lot of money. The point of traveling is know how to save money. <laughs> because if you make 100%. your food in your house and then you bring your water, then you are saving like $8. So that's, that's the secret. <laughs> For but sure, for sure. I think, yeah, like Ecuador has really, really good options to visit, to do. And it's not like, as I'm telling you, you have options. If you want to spend a lot of money because it's in your budget, I think you say that. So then you spend a lot of money. But if you need something cheap, then you can find. Yeah, no, no, no. And you did mention something uh, in the beginning of the podcast that also there's not let's say content creators talking too much about Venezuela and maybe something that could happen is like, like let's say budget people, like let's say backpackers that want to spend the least 
talking about Venezuela and how to travel in Venezuela with the least amount of money, even though it's, let's say, almost impossible, like the, the push of that image being thrown into the public, it already generates like uh, interest in people and uh, and a push for people to say, oh, maybe I could try just to see Venezuela. And then they'll, through word of mouth or through producing content, they'll push that image as well. So it's like a snowball. <laughs> so it's like a snowball, basically. Um, and I think that should also happen in a way to kind of bring tourism into the country, especially in this new age, whereas like content creation is the main thing, posting on social media and uh, just advertising your your interests. Um, I think that would be a good, good way to bring the tourism uh, up in the country. For sure. For you, I mean. When people say like foreigners, they come to Ecuador and they say like, I'm going to visit Peru, Colombia, and, and then, and then I, I just wait that they say Venezuela one day. And it's like, they <laughs> Venezuela, and then I, okay, that makes sense. I know the reasons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like them, they say Expect them to, to know about your country. And... Exactly. But then you know how they are going to visit Venezuela if you basically don't have facilities or options you cannot even get your money from your car you cannot like it's crazy <laughs> so and then i understand but um, it would be nice that people say okay i really want to visit ecuador colombia and then i will go to venezuela that would be amazing mm. one day. but how can you recommend something that you don't know and something that is yeah. really expensive so, it's happening yeah. someday carlos for sure and keeping of funds course, for it yeah. for sure definitely i mean Venezuela is an amazing country. I know we talked a lot about all those troubles and things about Venezuela, but you guys are an amazing people. You love your, you know, your hometown and you defend your hometown the way you can. And the, all the Venezuelans I met abroad, you guys love your country. And it's actually very beautiful. The way of community of Venezuelans outside Venezuela, it's pretty beautiful. Everybody helps each other. So yeah you guys are I, I, you guys are amazing i also feel like just how friendly you guys are yeah every time For that you. i meet a visit is how friendly and how fun yeah. they are <laughs> and that is already like such a big thing you know because when you meet people you just want to have a good time and venezuelans they always bring that good time in and i love that they're oh, always down to talk about anything and they just want to have fun. And I truly love that about you guys, uh, how friendly you guys are with everyone, to be honest. And you guys have the, all the reasons for, you know, being bad persons and kind of stuff. Yeah. Too, I mean, you guys have so much trouble in there. Versus too, you're happy and smiling all the time and, and sharing, you know, and cherish all this, you know, peace that you guys bring with you, with yourself. So you have, you have a good experience in Venezuela. And you need some friends just go to the bank in venezuela then you will have a lot of friends at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> so in the bank people meet each other like oh my god we have been friends of all their life how have you been <laughs> i can't i can't imagine, I can imagine. that for sure yeah, so, any friends in venezuela just go to the bank and you will find some <laughs> <laughs> if you're feeling alone need some love yeah. go to the bank in venezuela just go to the that's that's the secret but God yeah God, well, all the best luck and the best wishes for you also because i think you are doing a great job with this podcast because we can feel free to share experiences points of you yeah, and okay. this is amazing so i'm i'm sure that people that are hearing the, or listening to this they will get like feed about what's going on in all countries so hopefully the net podcast we can talk about venezuela in the real moment and then we can say okay i visited this how was your experience yeah so we sure. can give tips to other people okay we just have to keep uh positive and that it will happen one day or about Ecuador, sure. or about brazil or about portugal uh, of course i need to visit those places for sure bro doors <laughs> are open right here sure yeah. likewise so, there, there's one thing that actually is quite interesting and we still, we haven't still spoken about, which is about your own personal life. You are a photographer because you have an amazing or you're the owner of an amazing account of Sunsets, right? <laughs> Explain that a little bit. How did, you, how did that come to fruition? Why did you start it? Like, yeah. Very cool. Everything started from my window of my room and all the cables hanging, you know, typical from South America. <laughs> 
But I even could get a photo of the sunsets every day. That was my passion. And yes, I started doing some photos and photos and photos. So my aunt, she is like a kind of secretary and she used to go any to different places. So she had a car and she told me like, okay, let's go to this place because she, she knew how passionate I was about photos. And that was how everything started, taking photos everywhere in the city. And now that's what I enjoy. That's one of the main reasons why I travel because I like sharing what I do. How can I go there? What to do there? Because I think that's exciting when people tell you, oh, Carlos, I visited this place because you recommended this. And that was amazing. I really enjoy it. So that makes me feel so happy. I don't need any payment. I just need to know that people can be happy also and share the same feelings, you know. Yeah, so, that you're influencing others in a way. Yeah, yeah. so people that is yeah the, the best love that you can get for sure. Then I just text them like step by step. Okay, go to the bus terminal. Okay, are you there? Okay, you see the buses? That's a bus. Okay, take it. <laughs> but it's really fun to tell people how to get some other places because I have found the reason you don't need a lot of money to travel. If you really want to go somewhere, of course, I cannot go to China because there's no money to to go to China. But you can replace this going some other places as you can, you know, because you have to enjoy life. I'm not going to sit and wait 10 years of my life until die and then say, oh, I didn't go to China. Well, but you could go to other cities. You could go to Colombia. You could go to the border. You could go to the city. So the point is try to enjoy what is surrounding you, what is close to you, and try to find the best way that suits for you at the moment of visiting this place. So sharing experiences with others, I think that's the most beautiful thing that can exist because the world doesn't belong to a person. It's for everyone. So that's really nice and beautiful to share this with others. Pretty cool, bro. And what is the name of your, your account? For your service and our listeners. Well, follow. my personal account is Sousa Carlos Novel. Sousa Carlos. Yeah, 96. 96. All right. Cool. The other one for the sunset is Atardecer Venezolano. Ah, all right. Okay. It hasn't been working in a long time because I haven't had the chance or the time to edit photos and find people. But in Venezuela, it was very, very nice. I got in contact with people from the news, from the different channels in Venezuela like famous people and it was really nice because they were excited like oh this is one of the most important accounts in venezuela of the sunset pretty cool so, bro pretty cool it's going to be in the description of this podcast for sure for our yeah, listeners yeah. to go and find you right here pretty yeah. amazing <laughs> and, and it's already like a push as well like yeah. uh people already know what the sunsets are in venezuela so they're like oh this this is yeah. beautiful i want to <laughs> see that in real life I think that's something that you can enjoy in Venezuela. But if some of you go to Ecuador and just need tips to go somewhere, of course, I can help you. So Yeah, for sure. Carlos, you are doing already better than your own government spreading the tourism there in Venezuela. You're doing better. You're doing their yeah, job. Doing your job. <laughs> Carlos, ask for a commission. Yeah, yes, I will be the tourism. Uh, what's the name of this? The tourism um, secretary, ambassador, 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 <laughs> secretary. I got there one day. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, Carlos. Carlos, we are reaching the end of our podcast already. It's been fucking fast. This podcast, actually, <laughs> talking about uh, lots of stuff. But before finishing up, Guilherme wants to do the question he does every single episode. Feel free, my buddy. Just a secret question. Before we do this question, <laughs> you'll love this one. But before we go into this one, I just want to ask because I have a fascination. Capybaras. <laughs> they are the cutest things ever. They're from Venezuela. Do you have one as a pet? Please tell me yes. No, if no, I have a pet. No capybaras. No, no. A capybara is a pet because they're the cutest, the most uh, like um What's the opposite word word of hostile? Like they're the most like they don't harm anyone. Chill. They they're they're super chill, they're friendly, and and so many people have them as pets because they actually act as a pet. Now do Bro. you have one as a pet? So yes, because I need photos of that damn copy bar because they're the cutest <laughs> thing ever. 
Do you know what what is a capybara, Carlos? No, I think I have no idea what it's a capybara. Oh, it's a kind of big really? rat. No, no, it's um, it's the biggest rodent on earth, and they're from Venezuela. Wait, search capybara. You probably saw it, like on the streets I... in Venezuela. Me I mean, Guilherme, if you want to. Whenever you come to Brazil, you definitely want you see a capybara close to my place. It's actually very as well right here. Yeah, for sure, bro. I mean, but we have uh, we have a kind of place here in Rio called Recreio, where there are lots of capybaras right there close to the river. And uh, in this river, okay. we got <laughs> we got lots of crocodiles, and the crocodiles actually kill the capybaras, which is breaks oh. our hearts right here. And oh, no. My girlfriend, actually my fiance, she says that crocodiles never eat capybaras and kind of stuff. But in my opinion, they do. It's how you've seen it. No, I never seen. But yeah, bro. I mean, Gerald, Gerald I always... love them. They're so cute. Yeah, no, they're in, like... Venezuela, in Venezuela, we call them chiwire. 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 Yes. Chiwire. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 How look cute like, are they? they look like Chewbacca, so Chewy, yeah. Chewy, Chewy. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know about, about that in English, but yeah, Chewites in Venezuela. Yeah, we have a lot in uh, in Los Llanos, which is like the, the cows region or whatever, where you have a lot of horses and cows. Then you can find a lot. And in Parque La Guaricha, the, the zoo we have in my city, we used to have some, I don't know if they already died. <laughs> Crocodiles are eating them, for sure. So you can go and find them some, and find some of them in Venezuela and adopt them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just want to see them as pets because they're the cutest and I would have one as a pet for sure. They're so cute. <laughs> uh, we all love the Chibatas. That's fine. Yeah, we have They're dangerous here, sometimes. In Brazil, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, bro. I can't. They are, bro. Uh, I I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Try not. Them. Try I not to pat a copy right here. Try not pat. I, You're going to I will hug them. Listen oh, to fuck, me. Bro. I will hug them. <laughs> Did you know that they eat in Ecuador this anymore? Really? They eat? Oh no way! No. Yes, no and way. it's like one of the most traditional foods in Ecuador. No, no way. <laughs> Poor them. <laughs> Yeah, I will. I will say I did eat a lot of like the weird animals in South Africa, so I cannot complain. Do you know those animals that the lions eat? The springboks, I think that's how it's called. Yeah, springboks yeah, spring and yeah, lambs and those yeah. kinds of animals. I kind ate of all lambs. of them. I didn't um, like any of them to be honest. They're not good. Ostriches, they're amazing though. Oh my god, ostriches! Oh, oh ostrich, ostrich. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're fucking good. Oh my god, their their <laughs> meat is like a steak. It's not uh, even um, bird meat. It's like a steak. It's red meat. I can. All, I... all the Capetonians, <laughs> if y'all are listening, you know what I'm talking about. Them ostriches. Oh, my God. And if you go to an ostrich farm, even better. Got a good price. You got a good steak. Oh. You guys <laughs> are going to hate you, you know. <laughs> the ostrich lovers are canceling me right now. I, uh, I, can't, I yeah. can't do that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. To our last wow. question, let's go to this one. Carlos, okay. if I were to tell you, what is the thing that makes you the most proud about being from Venezuela? What would you say? We've, when you went to Ecuador and you, meet, and you met every single person there that you became good friends and you said you're from Venezuela, what was the thing that followed that so people can understand why you really like your place? Like a place that I really like in Venezuela or something like this? No, the... The thing that you're most proud about being from Venezuela, like the thing oh, that really—I mean, when people make a big you, love for the country, Venezuela, the banks then, yeah. in Venezuela, definitely. I cannot find another banks in another country like us. <laughs> well, oh, I would God, say God. that even because of the situation, I have to recognize that the the uh, people that are really friendly in Venezuela, like you go anywhere and they are really, really friendly. So it's like you can feel close, like family. Anywhere you go and anywhere you are, even if it's Venezuela or somewhere else, then you say like, oh, you're Venezuelan, that's nice. And it's like you feel like family, like brothers, like siblings. I think that's one of the most things that I, I really love from my country that I feel proud about. 
that you can help others easily, that you can talk to others easily. It's not like you are very shy and introverted, like don't talk to me because I don't know you. So it's part of this, sharing your life, sharing your experiences, sharing what you know, what you can do for others. So I think that's something that I feel proud about. Pretty cool. I mean, you know, even though you're facing lots of troubles in there still, I mean, your people, it's what you, you know, uh, makes you proud of, you know, being Venezuelan, you know, all, all about the people. Not about the government, not about the problems, not about everything. It's all about getting together and being bigger than all those, you know, problems. Yeah. Conflicts, government Pretty cool. conflicts. Just 100%. Amazing. <laughs> That's right. it, Carlos. Thank you so much for Thanks to you. accepting Thanks. the invitation and to having this amazing conversation with us. It was pretty cool. I mean, good luck with all this journey there in Ecuador. Doors are open whenever you want to come to Brazil, even though it's far and you have to take a plane to yeah. come here and get here. But even though, I mean, <laughs> doors are open right here. And Guilherme, thank you so much for one more episode. It was a pretty good episode and very important one, talking about Venezuela, talking about true shit. One of the best episodes we recorded so far, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's been really nice to share this time with you. Thank you so much for the invitation and the best for you guys. I'm sure that you can go really far with these podcasts and you can find a lot of people that they can share more experiences. And I will try to follow the rest because I didn't know about these ones, but I will try to follow the rest. <laughs> you can Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Amazing, amazing. Hopefully to meet you in person one day and we can share. Oh, Carlos, maybe not too long from now. I will okay. text you what I might I... do in end of January, beginning of February. Oh, <laughs> we'll that sounds amazing. <laughs> we'll January see, we'll is see. my birthday. So you that's soon, that's soon. <laughs> so, we'll you are all invited to my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't think twice, definitely. Oh, my God. 100%. So, so to all our listeners, don't forget to follow us on Instagram podcast WWP and our links will all be on the description of this podcast. And of course, we are on all our listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other ones. So see you guys next week with a brand new episode and goodbye. Bye. See you guys. Goodbye, my dears. Thank you so much. Um, before finishing up, uh, the Carlos Instagram and also the details of him is going to be in the description as well. So, yeah. See you next week. Thanks, Guilherme. Thanks, Carlos. Yeah. Bye-bye.